listening to Strangely Enough. This week, we're going over the concept of numerology. So talking about its history, what the different numbers mean, and exploring our own personal numerology, as well as different historical events to see how they match up. So as far as a background goes with this, it's honestly pretty varied, but it's essentially... In short, the language of secret numbers. So it's defined as any belief in the divine or mystical relationship between a number and one or more coinciding events. And from all the things that I've read and researched, it has basically been around for a very long time in a lot of different cultures, um, anywhere from Egypt, Babylon, China, Rome, Japan, Greece, there's history of it pretty much everywhere, even though they all, from what I could gather, have different ways of determining what these numbers mean and how to get these numbers. So there's something called the life path number, um, and they all have different meanings depending on the culture from what I could gather. And the other important thing that kept coming up is Pythagoras, and he is an ancient philosopher, mathematician type dude, and he's coined as the father of numerology. And he essentially believed that the world was built on the power of numbers and everything could be translated into numerical form, usually within the terms of singular digits. So that's his role in all of this. And then other than that, number symbolism is often seen in religion, all different types of religion. So like an example would be 666 as the devil's number. number, And apparently 888 is said to represent Jesus. I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's kind of a a short catch-all of the history and, you know, the meaning behind it. Or maybe not the meaning, but just the basic idea of it. So yeah, today we're going to go over like the basic numerology and talk about um, like what the life path number is and I forget what the other one is or maybe the destiny number and how to find them. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so I like you said, Sam, I feel like the history of numerology is just one of those things that was not recorded, um, you know, back in time. So it, it is known to be one of the oldest psychic sciences, um, and a lot of the times numbers were thought to be a language in and of themselves. Um, so I really like that how you mentioned it came up and comes up in different cultures, religious settings, all different areas. And um, was also uh, going to mention Pythagoras's statement about how the world is built upon the power of numbers, um, as everything can be reduced. And as somebody who's not too interested in math, um, <laughs> I gotta say. Hello. I uh, I thought numerology was really cool when you start to just learn how to easily break down numbers first off and then just really learning more about what each number means and different numbers that you can attribute to yourself or really like important events in your life or in history. 
So um, just to give some background, the difference between the life path and the destiny number. So the life path number can also be known as like your birth number that is derived from your full date of birth. And when you break it down, it is supposed to reveal like your most fulfilling life direction. Um, it can also indicate any type of lessons that you're here to learn um, or just be any unique personality traits that will um, help you on your journey. It can be show like showcase weaknesses or strengths or even types of events that might occur in your life. Um, so again, that one is from the date of birth. And then the other one mentioned was the destiny number, which can also be known as the name number or the expression number. Um, so this number is derived from your full name when you were born. Um, so literally every single like letter of your first, last, uh, your first, middle, and last name, um, and every number has, uh, every letter rather has a number attributed to it. Um, so basically, you just assign a number to each letter according to. Um, this information and you break it down and you get that number. The expression or destiny number highlights your natural abilities and talents. Um, it could also describe your overall character and can unveil goals um, and give you ideas on how to achieve them in your life. It also may give you insight into the obstacles that can come your way. So there are other personality numbers that you can do um, beyond this. There's like literally a personality number, a soul number. There's other numbers that you can try to calculate based off of different things. Um, but the life path and destiny or expression number are definitely the top two and can show you a lot. Um, so uh, from here, I would love to share that my, um, my death life path number is actually nine um and i think it's cool because we did talk a little bit about this before and i think we all have different numbers um yes which makes i think so more <laughs> interesting <laughs> um so the number nine is uh, overall like the symbol of universal achievement um considered like the greatest of all primary numbers and um basically from from that it also falls into like a category of being like more of a humanitarian. Um, so it speaks a lot to intuition, worldliness, and compassion as strengths. Um, but it would also say like, because that these people could have more empathy or be too generous, that could also be shown as a weakness. Um, so it really shows you like both sides, I think. Um, so I think that that's really great to to hear. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> am um, concerned with the human condition, and uh, I think that intuition has been my number one focus in this year, 2020, um, mm -hmm. and just learning to kind of go within and trust your, yourself, um, which is actually pretty hard. But life path number nine was mine. That's really awesome, too, because I feel like with any of the stuff that we've covered, like numerology astrology like all of these kind of like mystical things are a really great way just to gain perspective right and kind of like feel feel things out and kind of give yourself a chance to be in tune with things that maybe you normally wouldn't think of 
Exactly. Um, like you don't have to take this word for word. It's not an exact science. And like, that's the best part I feel like about all mm -hmm. of these different kind of topics, because you can literally take the information and make your own conclusion or develop your own opinions about it, see if it resonates or if it doesn't and utilize that information as, you know, a chance to almost just reflect upon yourself. Um, and I think that's where the true value lies in these kind of psychic sciences or divination tools and things like that is really just going back to trusting yourself. Um, but why not like take a look at yourself from different lenses or different aspects? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I love the way you phrased that. That's like exactly what was in my mind, except all jum jumbled up. <laughs> Spoken like uh, a true professional. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> um. So I guess from there, I'll talk about my my birth number or my life path number, which was the number two. So the thing I loved about this is when I looked it up in the book we referenced, um, it's it said it's associated with the moon, which is interesting because my astrological sign um, is a cancer. So cancers are also known as like a moon child. And moon is a water sign. And so both this life path number and my astrological sign both kind of have to do with flexibility and adaptability that is often symbolized by water. So I thought that was really cool. Um, another little tidbit is in traditional math, the number two is the smallest prime number and the only even prime number. Not a lot of that makes sense to me because I black out when numbers are involved typically, but it's a fact. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yep, me too. Oh, so yeah, that's those are like my fun facts for the number. Um, but as far as some more like in-depth traits and descriptions from the book that we read over, basically it's quoted as saying, a kindly and tactful nature, yet one to give in to gloom as well as happy moods. This is due to a desire for balance. Often recognizes both sides to a question to such a degree that they never reach a true or satisfactory decision. Then in my notes, I wrote, big yikes in all caps. <laughs> Very relatable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah, other, in other sources I checked, it says two is often associated with sensitivity, cooperation, and balance. Um, so as far as relating to this, again, very relatable. Um, I have a very hard time making decisions. I have extreme moods, so I'm either really happy or not. <laughs> um, and yeah. I would say it's pretty accurate. Um, I gotta the other say, thing I, it does sound pretty accurate. And just because I did check everybody's numbers out on a separate source as well, um, the site I'm referencing, which is numerologist.com, uh, um, you can simply put in your full name and date of birth and it'll generate the numbers. But we should definitely mention how to do it yourself like I made you guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, it says here that your intuition, compassion, and creativity are your greatest strengths. You are honest, friendly, and always make everyone around you feel amazing. You'd make a great teacher. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh my God, this is so Sam. And I love the fact Spot that you on. referenced the 
how it is um, associated with the moon and you having a cancer sign. It's so on point. Thanks. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you found that other source. That's like, I'm honored like by, by that stuff because <laughs> I guess that's what I try to strive for as a person. So, you know, like any human being, I do like validation here and there. <laughs> that's exactly how I felt when I was researching my numbers too. Cause it felt a lot like when you look up your horoscope and they're like, you're beautiful, you're effervescent, you're sweet and kind and giving and thoughtful. And you're like, yes, I am. Uh-huh. And then you like flip your hair back over your shoulder. And then it's like, also, you're an asshole when you're mad and <laughs> unforgiving and you hold a grudge. Um, so that's exactly how my research went for my life path number. My life path number is four, which is associated with Mercury. Um, uh, Mercury to be ruled by Mercury can mean that you're curious, communicative, adaptable, but on the negative side, people ruled by the planet can also be indecisive, <laughs> critical, and filled with nervous and anxious energy. <laughs> and I was like, thanks website for calling me out <laughs> as I am. <laughs> um, but more specific to the life path number I found for myself, um, I favor caution over risk. I tend to anyway. Um, I People with uh, the life path number four can grasp new ideas quickly, but needs to study them thoroughly, which, hello, I research everything to death. <laughs> um, it's associated with uh, the concepts of reliability, honesty, steadiness. Um, but similar to what I mentioned about Mercury, if, if your energies are focused too far inward, if you're a life path number four, um, you kind of reduce your room for opportunity. And it can, so four can turn into a symbol of poverty and defeat. You know, my two worst fears. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was cool. Oh, oh my God. Of course, you know, you got to have the one opposite end and then the other. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that you're headed in the poverty and, <laughs> what do you say, defeat? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm trying to buy a house, so. <laughs> Ooh. You're fine. You're fine. This, um, this source says that you would, uh, number four makes you the confidant. You are Ooh. determined um, yeah. and are honest and have integrity. And those are your greatest strengths. You're trustworthy and oh, yes. the world's best secret keeper. Queen. Nice. <laughs> uh, it does say you'd make a great lawyer, engineer, or project manager. Ooh, I see that. I can see it. Right. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer, guys, before I wanted to be an art teacher. Stop. That's so <laughs> random. Yeah, my pediatrician so every year at my physical, like elementary school through middle school, I think, she would ask me every year and I'd be like, yeah, I want to be a lawyer. I'm going to Harvard. <laughs> and then I took yeah. art class in high school. I was like, actually, what's my I feel like We had the same fucking childhood because I was the same way. I was like, I'm going to go to law school. Yeah. I'm good at arguing. My parents tell me I'm stubborn. I'm going to go to Harvard. That's and exactly then I was what like, my family said. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work. I'm going to go make stuff and teach children instead. Right. And then I also learned, I was like, oh, depending on what type of law you practice, you might have to defend guilty people. And I was like, your girl cannot vibe with that. So I guess <laughs> I'm going to go to art school. Bye. <laughs> 
And honestly, do you feel honesty oh, and integrity? Ahead. That's all I was gonna say. Honesty and integrity. That makes a hard. That's very controversial uh, with being mm. a lawyer. <laughs> right. All right. So my life path number is six. Um, and based off the notes that I took, it is I didn't get information on like signs like you guys did, but um, I did get. Dependability, honesty, sincere and reliable, progressive yet anxious to establish themselves. Consequently, consequently, they tend to be tolerant in nature. Um, And their danger is complacency. Oh, my God. Okay, we're starting over. We're going to edit that out, too, okay? All good. (laughs) All good. good. Yep, maybe what you got to (laughs) do. Rachel, your planet is Venus, so it would be the sign of Virgo. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. I am a Virgo. Amelia, what's your what was your planet? The planet for four was Mercury, but I think my planet, because I'm Sagittarius, is something else. Right. Um Yeah, because it's Gemini and Virgo is Mercury. Yeah. Mercury is the planet. Yeah. Venus is Virgo. Mine I didn't okay. even mention what mine was either. And my planet was number nine. Was Neptune. Ooh, water. Moon. All right, anywho. All right, Rachel, you can start now. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rachel. Okay. So my life path number is six, and the planet is Venus, and I'm a Virgo. Um, So based off the notes that I took for this, people with the life path number six tend to be dependable, honest, sincere, and reliable, um, progressive yet anxious to establish themselves, Consequently, they tend to be tolerant in nature, and their danger is complacency and self-satisfaction. Um, and I would say that I can relate to most of these things. So I found this all to be very interesting because this is really the first time that I've ever really dived into this besides Tasha once going over with me, but um, going, going over all my numbers with Besides me. Besides Tasha doing all of them for you, yes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I forgot most of what she had told me that day, so <laughs> it was fun to go back and, you know, just relearn all of this stuff about myself. So, yeah, I, it is relatable. That's all I really have to say. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it sounds like you, just like yeah. the general tenets of your personality that I've come to know. So I think it's legit. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> this other source that I looked up for everyone um, says that with the number six, your compassion, reliability, and trustworthiness would be great strengths. Um, you are naturally sensitive and tend to take care of everyone around you. Um, <laughs> and it says you would make a great teacher, a manager, or humanitarian. Well. Oh, okay. Ooh. I love it. I'm gonna write that one down. How do you feel like that relates to like your star sign? Oh man, I don't really know. So to jump in with that, um, (laughs) Rachel being a Virgo and the life path being number six, uh, Virgos are known to be very organized and dependable. They always say what they're going to do. They tend to stress themselves out because they take on too much. Um, But with this showing that like 
you tend to take care of everyone around you because you are so dependable. Um, I think that it really speaks to being a Virgo and that it's no surprise that number six is related to Venus and Virgo is one of the one of the signs that's associated with Venus. So it's super on point. Yeah, that's true. Oh my goodness. So many connections. Yep. I love this. Oh my gosh. So good. Um, okay. So now I think we can move on to the name number, which someone remind me again, that is the destiny number. Yep. It would be the destiny or the expression number. Um, so to calculate the name number, you'd be looking at like your full name at the date of birth. Um, so first, last, and um, the middle name as well. And basically the chart that you associate the numbers with is literally just one through nine. And then you just start to put letters underneath each number. So like A is one, B is two, and you continue on throughout the whole alphabet. Um, so I think that that would be something to check out too, as we post it on our Instagram, I'm going to post a lot of resources to how to figure this out yourself. And it's really cool, um, to kind of crunch your own numbers, so to speak. So I yeah. did pull the um, destiny number for everyone here. Sam, I know that you had calculated yours already. Is that right? I did because I couldn't help not to. I was too <laughs> curious. <laughs> awesome. Um, so just to share mine, it actually came down to the number one. Um, so one, and again, the name number is kind of showing like your overall character, um, natural talents, abilities, and things like that. Um, so with a number one, it tends to be more of like a leader type position. Um, you would take control in things that you do. You're very ambitious, but also courageous. Um, so I think that that's pretty true. I gotta say. It's like the number of purpose, um, and I don't know. I think that that's my main drive is just, like, trying yeah. to find purpose and, like, mm -hmm. being in control of all these little side projects that I do. It's just, like, that's what keeps me going. Um, so I think Absolutely. Cool. I think that definitely is you to a T. Mm -hmm. And you have, like, really great leadership skills, too, like, which I think is what helps help us run so smoothly is that we yes. all kind of have that, like, compassionate like wanting to help each other out and so then true. like the leadership skills that you have Tosh like you have a lot of good like organizational leadership skills and it definitely shows oh my god thank <laughs> yeah, you so much it does I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> also Bye. I just have to put it in real quick because as soon as you said the number one all I could think of was he was number one yes <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I have to say about that um continue please <laughs> I mean that's all I got for my number you have your number right I do oh is it even a strangely enough podcast if we don't make a dated Spongebob reference <laughs> um okay my destiny number is the number eight it is associated with the planet Uranus which I know zero about but that's fine um so from the book that I read, and I'm blanking on the title because it's like kind of long. What is it? Is it the book? The complete. Oh, oh yes, it's I the complete it. illustrated 
book of the psychic sciences by Walter B. Gibson and Litska R. Gibson. What a fucking cool name, Litska. Yeah. Ooh. I love that. Yeah, that's okay. pretty cool. Um, so yeah, from, from that book, it says that this number is associated with material success, progress and activity, um, and that people subconsciously expect big things from people with this vibration, build bigger things, but with good materials for the best outcome. Um, and then it also says once they've achieved something, they're always looking for what's next, constant ambition, a natural doer, good business sense, drive for success. Um, And this number is also associated with balance, which my life path number is as well, which I totally, I feel like the balance thing is a big theme throughout all of this stuff for me. Um, So I would say that's pretty accurate. And then I don't know kind of how to take the material success thing. Like I'm not a super materialistic person. Like for me, I'm very like emotionally driven. I don't know if anyone knows me, but <laughs> thing. sort of a vibe. It's like my whole vibe. Um, so like the whole like good business sense, material success, like that's not really how I view myself. So I don't know if that's like super accurate or that's how other people see me, but I, I don't know that that part's accurate, but the part that resonated with me the most was once they've achieved something, they're always looking for what's next. That is like, I think one of my good qualities, but also my downfall at times, because like, while it's good to have ambition, it's not super comfy to like always feel like, okay, well, what do I need to do now? What's next? Like, I can never just sit and be like, this is great. I'm comfortable here. Right. <laughs> So that was accurate. I think about the material piece of what your description was. From my outsider's perspective, it seems like you you work and strive to find personal fulfillment, but also to fill to fulfill like not monetary needs, but like you appreciate having a car that runs like you appreciate having good clothes that like keep you warm and and good food that's good for you and like makes you feel good so I think that's how I perceived it anyway when you were describing is like like physical material not like monetary material oh that makes sense because I do often like I'm like wow I'm so lucky that I like have the life I do even though sometimes I'm like my life is fucking terrible, Mom. <laughs> it's not a phase. It's not a phase. I was literally just going to say that. But, like, I do spend a lot of time thinking about that stuff of, like, and I think it extends to other people, too, because obviously I want to make sure that my needs are met so I can help others. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, kind of my drive when it comes to, like, material success and, like, as far as, like, wanting a family down the line of, like, adopted children (laughs) like yeah I want to gaggle of them can I do that if I'm not like loaded and able to provide for them probably not (laughs) (laughs) oh so maybe that like re like that like reflex of like monetary stuff I'm is just like my like leftover like I don't know anarchy 
well, angst. It's because there's... capitalism's garbage. So, and you've been, <laughs> you were probably the first of my friends to to say that to me anyway, like years ago. <laughs> like, I think really? we all knew it, but I hadn't had a friend put it so concisely before. And I was like, shit, capitalism <laughs> is garbage. <laughs> I just turn around and are like, Amelia, guess what? That's exactly what <laughs> happened. You're like, yeah, the fall of capitalism is inevitable. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Who? What? <laughs> direct quote oh so good <laughs> oh man I feel like I got way off there um so yeah that's that's my name number um who wants to go next <laughs> well that's the thing I think um the next two are surprises <laughs> Ooh. that's right oh we have to do the reveal yeah so both Amelia and Rachel do not know what their name or destiny number is. So I calculated it out and uh, lo and behold, Rachel's name number is one. Um, So this is the same number that I had um, talking about uh, leadership and how you take uh, control of most everything you do, that you're ambitious, that you're courageous, um, and that it's the number of purpose. So this kind of resonates with aggression, action, ambition, things along those lines. Um, so I thought that was cool because obviously okay. we have completely different names and like so many different yeah. letters. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Amelia's it was a curveball here. It was number oh. five. Um, so Amelia's full name came to number five. It says that you are a free spirit who is driven by variety. You effortlessly adapt to change and others tend to find you fresh, fun, and exciting. Yes. (laughs) Call your girl a party. Right. (laughs) That's very, very nice. Hello. But it's accurate. It's so accurate. Amelia, you're a fucking riot. (laughs) You're very kind. (laughs) So it's just true. The number five is is associated with Jupiter, and it's a sign of, like, adventure, travel, experience. Um, And those are, like, its two biggest themes would be, like, travel and experience. It's considered one of the luckiest numbers, number five, but it can also be the most unpredictable. That's so interesting because I'm a Sagittarius is my Zodiac sign. And every goddamn time I read like the, just the general overview, it says all this nice stuff. And it's also like, you love to travel. You can't sit still in one place for too long or you'll crumble. And I'm like, I literally love being home. And, and it's always like, you're, you're athletic and active. And he, like, you know, those Zodiac quizzes that are like, based on your Zodiac sign, what should you wear this spring, summer season? I always have active wear and I'm like, bitches, I don't move. I am a rock. (laughs) So that's really interesting that it also came up in my number. (laughs) That's so funny. That's hilarious. I mean, it could also mean more of a mental adventure as well. It doesn't have to be physical. If we're looking at that, you could be, um, and this is just me ranting, but like an avid reader or somebody who knows a lot about history or you know, Dude. something about other, you know, just having a lot of knowledge, which I think you are, you have bits and pieces of knowledge from everywhere. So I feel like your travel experience and adventure just comes through in a different way. 
that is so thoughtful and insightful. My brain is like a vocabulary and pop culture paella. Like it's just a <laughs> mashup of mixtures of things that really I don't think they should go together, but you know, anyway. But like, that was wicked insightful because I feel like I'm like Amelia where I read that stuff and I just take it at face value and I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> like, or like, absolutely not. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so right. easy to do when you're reading this stuff. And that's where I feel like a lot of the misinformation or like um, comes in because it's just like, oh, you know, like astrology is trash. It's just somebody sitting behind a computer making stuff up. But it's like, okay. But you, it's all about how you interpret it. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure the people at CoStar, like, have a chip in my brain. Like, <laughs> they're Zuckerberg, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not to interrupt, but, like, mm, there's something going on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> so what else can we say? So that's, those are the, the two big numbers for personality. Um, life path, destiny, or expression number and I think it's just like you said earlier Sam it's just really cool that we all are such like a mixed pot (laughs) um everybody has different numbers cropping up I think there's just like one overlap with Rachel and I's expression number Mm -hmm. um but like wow I think that's how something like this works so good and it's just kind of cool to you know even pull these things like your numbers or even like your zodiac information for a group of friends and see how it all meshes together like you don't have to just continue to research this stuff about yourself personally it's like how do you fit into the world and how do others interact with you and vice versa yes oh I love it so good and um I really I like still can't get over that point you made that like you don't have to take these things at face value. Like being an adventure of the mind. What? <laughs> you incepted us. Yes. But like I will never recover from this. It's so <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So that's for our, like that's our personal numerology part of the podcast. And now we wanted to jump into like some historical dates just to kind of see what the vibe was there because I feel like it's kind of easy to like look at a number or like your star sign and be like oh that fits me and that doesn't and here's why but like with historical dates it's just like I wonder what this is gonna mean (laughs) like let's find out so the one I picked was the Titan Titanic oh pronunciation that was close (laughs) um because I had like I think this was like the first time I was fascinated with something like really macabre and I like literally researched everything there was to know about this when I was like I don't know when do you learn about this third grade fourth grade I don't know (laughs) it's early yeah yeah so yeah, I took out all the library books about it, and I was like, wow, can you imagine dying like that at, like, the ripe age of however old you are in that third grade? sucks so much ass. <laughs> like, that's probably the fucking worst. Aside from being lit aflame, I don't – yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm there with you. <laughs> um, Yeah, so – but the thing with it, with Titanic, is that 
there are kind of like two dates because there there's the date where it started sinking and like hit the iceberg, which is I think the date that everyone thinks of, which is April 14th, 1912. Everyone. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's the date I thought of, so. Yeah. Um, but the, the date that it actually finished sinking was April 15th. And so I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I kind of forgot that there was like kind of two separate dates for this what one do I do the number for? So I did both. <laughs> so of course. <laughs> um, so if we look at April 14th, 1912, that number comes out to four. And in the book that we keep referencing, four is associated with the planet Mercury. The keywords are, <laughs> I had so much fun writing this, <laughs> endurance and steadiness. Oh, great. And I've written. L O L. And then it also says plotting nature always favors caution over risk, honesty, and reliability. Dear so, God. Like, could you have planned a better number? I think not. That's kind of terrifying. To, it's to hear. horrible. Steadiness <laughs> and endurance into the depths of the ocean. Goodbye. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) just the like chat over the Ouija board. Goodbye. (laughs) Anyway, oh my god, so many bad jokes tonight. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Bless your souls. Um, so that was what came up for that, and I don't know if that's the right way to look at like historical dates to find like their meaning and stuff. But I just thought it was horribly funny, to be honest. Like (laughs) the irony. I don't know. Tosh, am I doing this right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. What else? I mean, did you you said you did the other one. How off was that one? Oh, so I did it was literally a number up, so five. Um and this one's associated with the planet Jupiter. Just gets better, guys. <laughs> Our adventure, travel, experience. Another capital L O L in Sam's notes. <laughs> <laughs> I also wrote, there was literally a picture of a ship in this section of the book oh. associated with the number five. My God. Like, oh my we God. will take a picture and put it on our Instagram because I shit you not, when I looked at this, I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I just, yeah, I didn't even realize that. That's just crazy. Oh, my God. I think so, the thing about five, too, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's – it's one of the luckiest numbers, but it's also one of the most unpredictable numbers. So it could go either direction. So mm, that helps. That <laughs> wow, so wild. Yeah, it does say here too, like flair for the unusual, quick to accept new ideas, such as sinking into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Unforeseen events, such as sinking <laughs> into the ocean. <laughs> fond of travel unexpected impulses of the moment are there preferences if it's like related to like a being but uh yeah that ship had a mind of its own i think that's the conclusion i've come to Mm -hmm. seriously (laughs) so uh yeah um that's it that's the titanic titanic (laughs) titanic (laughs) 
Why do I keep doing that? Oh my god. Titanic. Titanic. Oh, so that's the Titanic. Somebody go back. Thank you. So yeah, so to jump off of that, I couldn't decide on what uh, what what my uh, dates were. That segue though. <laughs> jump off of that ship. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm so I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's fine. It's just one of those days. Um, (laughs) So I picked three dates because I couldn't decide. I have the date that Pluto was discovered, because in my reasoning, it was the last planet to be discovered in our solar system. Um, Mm -hmm. Then the birthday of the internet, because I was like, that shit's crazy. We got to figure that out. And then (laughs) a future date, which will be the winter solstice of 2020. So the good thing is we've discussed all of these numbers before. So just as a reminder, Pluto was discovered on February 18th, 1930. And um, breaking that down, you get the number six. So that represents dependability, harmony with nature. And the other thing um, I took note of was uh, going off the nature point was like there are six colors of the rainbow um, and things like that. And then it's also considered a perfect number because it is divisible by both two, which is an even number, and three, which is an odd number. Um, So I feel like that's kind of cool because it's been the last full planet really um, that was discovered in our solar system until it was, you know, deemed not a planet, but now it's a dwarf planet, but like whatever. Um, So number six, yeah, that was that. And then the other one, the birthday of the internet. So this is date is a little bit debatable, but the one that is like officially recognized is January 1st of 1983 and that breaks down to the number five so again that travel adventure (laughs) uh, number that keeps coming up for us Um, and again the most unpredictable number so the internet Did you call me? I'm here. Um, Yeah, so number five is the birthday of the internet. Um, The most unpredictable, and I feel like that is on point because the internet is still unpredictable to this day. Um, And will forever be that way, I feel like. And the last one, the future date of winter solstice of 2020 which is December 21st of 2020, that breaks down to the number one, which again is the number of purpose, um, evidenced by aggression, action, ambition. So I think that's really cool, just from an astrology standpoint, that that's going to be a major shift in astrology, um, which I'm sure we'll touch upon at some point. But it just goes to show that that is even more significant than I thought. (laughs) That's wild. My sister-in-law, Lindsay, her birthday is on the solstice. Oh. So she's about Damn. to have a year, apparently. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Also, I think I might have told you guys this before, 
but I cried when they t- when they like decided Pluto wasn't a planet anymore. It made me so sad. It can't feel, Sam. Like it's not, its feelings weren't hurt. I know, but how are you gonna tell it? It just can't be a planet after you've been calling it a planet for so long. That's so true, though. That was pretty shocking when that happened because I was like, "What do you mean? Like, it's all this? It's a rock? It's a big old rock? <laughs> it's big? It's bigger than me? <laughs> it's big? It's big?" <laughs> I feel like I kind of took it personally because I was like, what, just because it's little? Just because it's a little? I'm small but mighty, okay? Like, yeah, I'm short, but I'm still a person. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're, we're not talking about a real thing here. It's not a living being. Anyway. Oh, my God. That's so good. Yeah. What year was that again? When did they say Pluto was 20 something? I don't know, but yeah, so fun fact. <laughs> I know, now we have to know, right? Yeah. 2006? Whoa. Okay. I was that makes sense. I remember being kind of young. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to think I wouldn't cry about something like that now, but I mean, who knows? <laughs> it depends on the day, you know? It's been, it's been a time. Honestly. So true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, so for my historical date that I researched for numerology, as the ladies here on the podcast will tell you and confirm, I am obsessed with the Kennedys. Um, I'm from Massachusetts. That's probably part of it. I was raised Catholic, also probably part of it. Uh, JFK was smoking as far as presidents going. <laughs> Could get it. Uh, so that get it <laughs> any day. Uh, so that's part of it. Um, also, I'm so obsessed with JFK, y'all, that my goddamn wedding cake was made at the same bakery that made his wedding cake. And guess what? It was the same fucking cake. That's right. Shout oh out to Montelio's bakery. They gave me the presidential cake <laughs> for my wedding. Damn. <laughs> I have multiple portraits of him hanging around my house. I recently located a like a brass bust of JFK. I spotted it in my friend's like wood shop from afar. I was like, "Is that a bust of JFK?" And she was like, "Yes." <laughs> so I low key want want it. But um, anyway, <laughs> JFK. Oh oh oh. So he was assassinated on eleven twenty two nineteen sixty three. Which 1122 also happens to be the birthday of my, well, what will be future goddaughter, Harper. Uh, the, the number associated with that for the numerology is seven, which is in alignment with Uranus, which I love that we're using the science teacher version of pronouncing it. <laughs> Miss Martin from seventh grade would be so goddamn proud right now. <laughs> You know I had to. <laughs> yes, and I followed suit. Um, yeah, so it's interesting because the date of his assassination is, you know, produces the same life path number as his date of birth, which was 529 1917. Um, went all out. Right? So it. the number seven. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, the number seven indicates that uh, his life path would be challenging with trials and tribulations, turmoil. The seven life path is one of spiritual testing. 
So it challenges your ethics, your morals, wisdom, privacy, and secrecy, which fucking hello, like that sums up all that I know of his public life anyway. Didn't know him personally, but um, that felt really aligned with him. Interestingly about his, the the numbers that make up his um, life path number or add up to it, um, is that he has three numerology master numbers. So 11 is the number of give, uh, sorry, is the giver. It's a number for the giver of intuitive illumination. 22 is the master builder, extreme manifestation of power. And when you add those together, you get obviously 33, which is the master teacher. Uh, it's associated with Christ and consciousness, um, which in researching it further, you know, the assassination was obviously horrendous, but uh, the number seven in alignment with that date kind of caused the nation, and I think to some extent the world, um, caused introspection, reflection, analysis, truth, like just digging into a lot of why and how. So I felt like that was pretty appropriate. Um I, of course, researched beyond the number because I'm a psychopath that's obsessed with him <laughs> and have some other fun facts about his assassination and him as a person. <laughs> so uh, the, the final sacrament of the Catholic faith, um, there are seven sacraments. Um, I don't remember all of them, but it's like your christening, your first communion, your confirmation, marriage, yada, 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 and then your last rites. Um, so uh, he was someone who received his last rites four times in his very short lifetime, which is very unusual. Uh, the first of which was 1947. He was in England and he was diagnosed with Addison's disease. And they were like, you're not going to make it. Get over here, priest. Do the thing. He made it, obviously. Um, again, he was read his last rites in 1951 when he came down with a high fever while traveling in Japan, which, okay. Um, priests would be very busy if we gave everyone with a high fever their last rites in today's age. But anyway, he was always rich and powerful. So uh, <laughs> the third time he was read his last rites was when he slipped into a coma after a back surgery. It's n documented and known now, but it's not, it wasn't part of my understanding of him as a figure, a historical figure, but apparently he had really shitty health which is why he was read his last rites four times. The fourth time, obviously, was the date of the assassination when he passed away in the hospital. Um, some interesting tidbits that uh, just numbers lining up and conspiracy theory fun stuff. Uh, there are some connections between Abraham Lincoln and JFK. So both of them were elected to Congress in '46. Lincoln was elected in 1846 from Illinois, Kennedy was elected in 1946 from Massachusetts. Both Lincoln and Kennedy have seven letters in their last name, and both of their successors were named Johnson after they were assassinated. So Lincoln's successor was Andrew Johnson. Kennedy's successor was Lyndon B. Johnson. Um, some other stuff that I actually I forgot to write down but I thought was interesting was both of them lost a uh, son while in office. So shortly before his assassination, um, Jackie and um, JFK lost their son, Patrick, 
unexpectedly. He, I don't understand how or, or how old he was. I know he was pretty young. But anyway, they lost him. And by all accounts I could find, it sounded like they were turning over a new leaf in their marriage and that the loss kind of brought them closer together, which prior to that, if anyone will recall, he was notoriously unfaithful and a playboy and a whole lot of problems <laughs> within his marriage. So it's kind of tragic that they had turned over a new leaf and then uh, he died. Um, but similarly, Abraham Lincoln, I don't know that he was a playboy that, or that he got much ass, but <laughs> yeah, he too lost a child while in office um, and him and his wife grieved. Similarly, also interesting fact, I'm just, I'm going to run with it, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, John F. Kennedy was... I don't apologize. I'm like thoroughly enjoying this oh right God, now. so much. He was the last uh, U.S. president uh, to wear a top hat as a, at his inauguration. And of course, Abraham Lincoln was known for his top hat and his beard, but JFK didn't have a beard. <laughs> and his JFK's... Um, funeral procession and uh, services were actually modeled after Abraham Lincoln's Jackie Kennedy um, arranged them to be really similar and reflective of Abraham Lincoln. So it's really, um, there's footage online, archival footage and images of Jackie actually walking behind the casket. Like she physically walked from, I'm going to sound like an idiot right now. I think it was the Capitol building from wherever he was waked to the burial situation. So call him back to episode one, if y'all have been following us um, or episode two, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it was common in those days. Obviously cars were not a thing like way back in Victorian times. So it was common for people to walk on foot to and from the different proceedings for a funeral. Um, and it was unique that Jackie and her kids did the same following him in his casket. Um, one thing, okay, and then I promise, Rachel, I want to hear all about your situation because Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this before I started researching it, um, but apparently when JFK was in the motorcade with the his wife and uh the governor of Texas at the time, John Connolly, and his wife, Nellie Connolly. Um, side note, the Texas governor, John Connolly, was also shot during the assassination, uh, but he survived. But anyway, Nell Nellie Connolly turned to JFK in the car and said, you certainly can't say that the people of Dallas haven't given you a nice welcome, Mr. President. And he replied, no, you certainly can't. And then seconds later, he was shot. So I just thought that was crazy and sad. <laughs> That is sad. Wow. <laughs> I love you, JFK. <laughs> wow. That was quite the tribute. It, it was certainly a tribute. And I feel like, Amelia, you've been holding out on, on me, at least, for so long with all of this. <laughs> oh, love JFK. There's a ton. It's interesting, too, because I was worried. Because, okay, so when I did the numerology for my date of birth, I was like, oh, it's kind of like reading a short blurb of a horoscope. And I tried to make some connections and like read into it a little bit more. 
Y'all, if you Google JFK and numerology, there are so many goddamn websites and like conspiracy theorists, like dedicating their life to drawing connections between numbers related to JFK and his death. So if you liked that little section that I gave you, the internet is full of way more and I encourage you to research. Wow. Makes sense. Very interesting. Makes sense, yeah, I guess. I mean, obviously yeah, there's been JFK crazy. conspiracies happening since his assassination. So, mm-hmm. you know, people pulling from every single aspect they can, I can imagine. And numbers are, to a lot of people, are, you know, cold, hard, you know, numbers. So it's, like, interesting, especially all of this, the connections with Abraham Lincoln. Like, I knew there were some, but hearing you laid out all out like that, especially the numbers-wise, so interesting. And, like, what are the name numbers of both of the Johnsons that took over after? Like, is there even Ooh. further connection? Like, my mind was just reeling. Yeah. Ooh. I'm looking. You know, up. we might need to have a whole episode on JFK. Guys, I at this rate. Goddamn down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Amelia. <laughs> like, you're like, hi, guys. Solo episode this week. The girls didn't want to participate. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> are going to learn today. <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it I'm so here for it <laughs> oh so I did the Boston Molasses Massacre yeah a very a- episode this Yep, yep. And so I actually didn't know this happened. Okay, I was going to say, I didn't know, know I had no idea, Rachel. And I was born and raised in Massachusetts until I was 10. Um, Shame on that public school system at that time, I guess. (laughs) Right, yes. It's, I was actually talking to my nine year old niece today, and she knew all about it. (gasps) So that's amazing. That makes me so happy because it was like, Literally, like, I think I came out of my mother. They filled out a birth certificate, slapped me in the ass, and they were like, also, here's the molasses massacre, just in case you ever need to know it, infant. Wow. (laughs) Very interesting. So the day is January 15th, 1919, and the people of Boston are having themselves a day because it's, like, mid-40s, and it's the middle of January. (laughs) So everybody is out. Like, a lot of people are out enjoying the day. When suddenly a tank full of molasses explodes, creating a sticky situation. Oh my God, stop. I love it. <laughs> Weeping. A molassiker, if you will. <laughs> Why are you so good? Oh my God. So good. So if you're thinking, okay, molasses spilled, the road is covered. No, 2.3 million gallons rushed through the streets of Boston. So this is wild. And if you know what molasses is, like, it really is sticky, obviously. (laughs) 21 people died. Damn. From the molasses. And 150 more were injured. Can you fucking imagine dying like that? I would be so pissed. That's probably third in line after drowning on the Titanic, getting set aflame, and then, yeah, dying from molasses explosion. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's a freak accident because no one would ever assume that that's how they would go. <laughs> exactly. You're like basically a fucking bug stuck in amber. Oh, like the yeah. Oh, they got fossilized. Uh. Moss. No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> molasses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Molasses. Wait, so molasses yeah. is basically like sugar cane. 
juice extracted and boiled and concentrated promoting like sugar crystallization so it's like this black syrupy honey Dicky. consistency like sweetener yeah uh yeah and i actually 2.3 million gallons that is crazy and i honestly i had never heard of it and this moment i looked up a picture of it and there's pictures of it on like history.com and everything and it's insane it's like a natural it's an unnatural disaster yeah i'm glad you brought that up because we can share the photos on our instagram page because it, it looks like a legitimate flood it's wild And they said that it took them months to clean up, which I guess makes complete sense. But they said that the smell lingered for years after. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. In elementary school, my teacher was like, and they still say on a hot summer's day, you can smell the molasses in the cobblestone roads of Boston. (laughs) Wild. Oh, my God. I believe it. So the date, it was January 15th, 1919, and the day, the number for the day was nine. So we've talked a little bit about that number already tonight, but um, some things that go along with that number are universal influence, earthly lesson, forgiveness, wisdom, and responsibility. Ooh. So... And like, I found that to be interesting. That is super interesting. Like, what is the actual reason that a two point whatever million gallons exploded that day? Right. And based off my research, it was literally just like it was an accident and it wasn't as secure as it should have been. So whoever was in charge of that, maybe they weren't taking their responsibilities as seriously as they should have that day. Fun fact also uh, about the number nine uh, is that the number of the beast, a.k.a. 666, <gasps> actually breaks down to number nine as well, considering like wow. the universal influence, you know, represented mm-hmm. by number nine. So, yeah. Oof. Yeah. So it's interesting that every historical event that we've discussed the numbers and what goes along with them has pretty much matched up too. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. I think that there was it's a pretty all related. strong yeah, relation between every date and the number that came up. Mm-hmm. Strong agree. Mm-hmm. That's fucking wild, dude. Yeah. I, I'm not over the fact that being encased in molasses is a way you can die. Okay, so what's crazy about it, too, (laughs) from my (laughs) memories of history lesson, like, it wasn't – okay, so when you buy molasses today, because, of course, I have some in my cupboard, um, it's in a jar, and Tosh described it really well. It's thick and black and goopy. Um, That's when it's at room temperature or colder. When it was in the vat, it was fucking hot, which is what allowed it. I mean, that given and also the temperature, having it be an unseasonably warm day in January is what uh, allowed it to like burst and flow. So it wasn't like a yes. like yes. a dribble of honey. Like it, it didn't seem like that. It was like a rush of brown water, but it was actually molasses. Wow. Yeah. And they said that because of the warm temperature, that that's most likely what also caused it expanding so much 
Right. And you said it was an earth, the number means like an earthly lesson, which, okay, stick mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> stick <laughs> with the me. primary ingredient in molasses is pure sugar cane. That shit comes from the earth. That True. was the sugar getting back at us. It was like, you better <laughs> you stop right. eating this much sugar, humans. It's not that good for you at all. Like... <laughs> Stop exploiting the people that pick me. <laughs> also that. God, goodness. Earthly lesson. That's such an interesting one. When I was like, mm-hmm. it's got to be the number five, right? Titanic, unpredictable. Like, nope. This one's a little bit more even, like, scary sounding with the number nine. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got way more from this episode than I was expecting to. Same. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Like, when I was researching it, I was like, "Mm, I like astrology better. (laughs) Probably because it doesn't have numbers. (laughs) You're so (laughs) (laughs) anti-number. I hate numbers. (laughs) They're the worst. I literally just black out. But, like, (laughs) hearing (laughs) the relation, like, Oh my god. <laughs> I just imagined you being at like Target and the checkout person reads you your total and you just like go black, like <laughs> eyes roll back and you're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. What did you say? <laughs> Not an accurate portrayal. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why I use self-checkout. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So very, very interesting. I feel like very easy to go down a rabbit hole now that I like know more of what I'm looking for. Um, particularly with JFK. <laughs> yes. Guys, um, he's a legend. So good. I mean, who could disagree with you? Right. I sure as hell would not no dare. No. Bitch, talk bad about JFK. I mean, I'm sure he had his problems, and like I've heard, actually, the same friend uh, who had the JFK bust in her like woodshop storage area. Uh, this was a socially distanced visit, by the way, and we were wearing masks and we were outdoors. But anyway, because <laughs> um, we're responsible humans. That's right. Um, but I was like, oh my god, uh, you know, I'm so obsessed with JFK. And she was like, yeah, actually, he was kind of an idiot. Like he was a major security risk. Allegedly, he was hmm. sleeping with the head of the CIA's wife at some point in his presidency, and wow. allegedly. Sp- built state secrets over pillow talk and she was mysteriously murdered sometime around his assassination and there's theory that uh the the head of the cia found out one that his wife had been cheating on him and two that she had been compromised and had been given information that she did not have the security clearance nor the need to know and had her assassinated so that's why it gets deeper and deeper so yeah a lot of people have a lot of problems with him and don't come for me if you hate him because i know he he was problematic but um i love him so i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) but daddy i love him (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yes (laughs) oh my gosh oh all right that's a wrap yeah man (laughs) We really appreciate you 
if you're still listening. <laughs> yeah. Even if you, we really even do. If you listen to one part of one episode, we appreciate you. Next episode's going to be our last one of the season. It's episode 10. Oh. I cannot believe it. We did it, guys. We did We're it. We're doing it. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because it's fun and we love it, but also because uh, of you guys listening. We appreciate it. And we hope you keep listening and sharing. And we're hoping that when this whole pandemic is over, that we'll be able to come together and record in person. Yes. That'll be super fun. We're hoping to maybe even get some YouTube content up. So those are some things to look at and look forward to. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. So thanks for listening. And we love you guys. And bye. Bye. Bye.